Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast where we confront the fantasies and fallacies of modern day Christian culture with compassion, conviction, and courage in that order. Mm. I'm Peter Tragos and with me as always is Aaron, the pastor of Building 28 Church. And who do we have with us today? I'm going to try to do this one well. I'm excited about the uh, the introductions today. Uh, over over here to my left, the stud, the, the pastor of Lakeview Community Church. Woo! Chapel, chapel. Chapel, Lakeview Church. It's really simple. And <laughs> Lakeview well, Church. Well, wow, you great. Well, <laughs> no, he well, did, you know he what? Did, I saw you like you were thinking I so much. Like, up for this. Like, why is he thinking <laughs> so hard on this? It's just he's so excited. I don't know the name of churches. I get mine wrong half the time. Anyway, uh, we have Mr. Uh, Tim Miller, Pastor Tim Miller, excited the, to be the right Reverend with us today. Uh, we also have beside him one of my good buddies. We go way back, man. Yes, you sir. were my home group when Clearwater we Christian College. Oh, Clearwater Christian College, man. Wow. Already hitting the table. (laughs) Circa, sorry, circa 2013. Um, Mr. Alan Pereira. Thank you. Who, who, who by the time this airs, will be happily married. Oh, yeah, left hand club. Yeah, yeah, the left hand club. Get married here in like a week? We can have somewhere in there? Yeah, Yeah, we can have, man. Sunday. So, uh. Yeah, man, we got, uh, we got a crowd today. So anyway, <laughs> thanks for being on, Alan. Studio thank audience. you. Thank you for having me. All right. So today, with such a happy intro, we are going to be talking about <laughs> a very happy topic. Uh, the, the title of the podcast is going to be something like, how should Christians deal with toxic people in their lives? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think we all realize this is going to happen to us as Christians. We're going to have to make these decisions, but we have to do it in a gracious way and we have to do it biblically. And we want to talk about what that looks like and could there come a point where you eventually cut it off. So before we get there, Aaron, why don't you open up the topic and talk about why this is something you think is important to discuss in a roundtable discussion like this between four Christian brothers and why this is something that's hitting us harder today maybe than it ever has. So a lot of the topics for season two are direct questions that have come in from either our members here at Building 28 or from listeners to Out of Oz. And this is one of them. A couple of people have asked this in a roundabout way, a couple of them directly. How do I deal with toxic people? Because, okay, if you're not a believer and you're listening to this, you might approach things a lot. You probably will approach things through your worldview a lot differently Mm -hmm. than believers do. As believers, the argument could be made pretty robustly that we need to put up with toxic people a lot more than unbelievers would because discipleship slash evangelism is a huge part of what we're doing here. Also, cutting people off unnecessarily or quickly is not the way of Jesus. Jesus has dealt with and continues to deal with very toxic people who, even in our redeemed state, even us as pastors defame his name sometimes, dishonor his glory. We sin against his justice, and he continues to love, and he continues to care, and he continues to make better. And so while he has tools that we don't mean, the Holy Spirit transforms us, which is which is great, and we don't have that in the, in the we don't have the ability within us to bring about transformation to somebody that we would love to see that occur with. We still look at the model that Jesus set for us and say, how did Jesus deal with toxicity, especially in his earthly life here, 
you know, when he lived among us, how did the apostles, how has the church dealt with that? And does the point come for the person who's listening, who has a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a child, um, a husband or wife? Like that's, I think that's, that's a, a nuance, this conversation of you can't just run out. We're going to talk about divorce and remarriage at some point this season, mm. but you can't just run out on your spouse because they annoy you, because they bring negativity or toxicity to your life. So how do I deal with them? Like, how do I say, because the world might say, just run out right. on that. This is, like, so, just, this is so counterculture. Just, yeah. The just, world just, would say, if they're toxic, you cut run. them. Like, that's, yeah. it. that's it. Eliminate the negativity from your life. Focus on the positive. Surround yourself with positive people, positive thinking. And not that that's all bad, because yeah. there are a lot of benefits to surrounding yourself with really yeah. good, positive people. How, how, do you, how do you define toxic people? Okay, so, so let, me, let me say this really quick, because I think yeah, t- I Tim touches on, and this is, this is big, you. I think there's two false ways the culture in general, the non-Christian culture deals with toxic people. Mm. One is we just cut them out. We're done with them. Right. Sorry, done. Or you're you're on your own. Down. Which is why I always say the church attracts the most toxic people because no one else will put up with them. Like yeah. no, no one else deals with them, right? Like right. no one else is going to deal with all this baggage and negativity. But the other way the culture deals with them is to affirm their mm. feelings as if they're true. Mm. And I think we're called to a higher mm. and better way in both of those. Like we don't affirm false feelings. We don't affirm mistruths. At the same time, we don't just unnecessarily enable. once again, cut. yeah, we don't enable them. Right. But we don't just cut them out either. Yeah. So what is the better way? Um, so yeah, toxic people. Alan, you want to take that one? Yeah. Like, well, so what, how do you define it? Um, but this is per WebMD, so it's not always hey, 100%. Who else, you know? can, who else can better diagnose toxicity? The Bible. Ourselves with it. <laughs> <WebMD. laughs> but I mean, this is what they're saying is a toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upset to your life. Many times people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. To do this, they act in ways that don't present them in the best light and usually upset others along the way. I think that's a great definition. I think that's a working definition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think we can go off of that. So where do you start? Like, Mm -hmm. where do you start with a toxic person? Once you determine that this is a toxic relationship that you're in as a Christian, Mm -hmm. where do you start? I think that we have to define, like, is this a toxic person or are they going through a toxic season? Mm, Like, what's the root cause? And then from there, we can decide, okay, how do we deal with this, right? Because if we could define, like, all right, there's a mental health issue here, that's different than, like, this person just enjoys being a problem. Miserable. Yeah, exactly. So if there's issues or or family drama or something else that's going on, a child is um, in the hospital, something like that, then we could say, like, okay, how can I help you heal through this season. And now you know that the toxicity isn't directly attacking you. It's just lashing out because I have something deeper going on inside. So if you can understand where someone's coming from, then you can understand how to approach them. Now, if this is a toxic person, then we have to, obviously, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I think that distinction is good. It is that good. There, there are people, I mean, man, we're all dealing with really heavy stuff. I, yeah. went, through, I went through, and I've made no secret about it, in yeah. preaching or in my personal life, or on this podcast, I went through a season of toxicity in my soul mm. a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. my daughter went through open heart surgery yeah. and the hurricanes hit Florida and, and the Caribbean and we saw devastation, we saw death, and there was loss after loss after loss, betrayal after betrayal. Mm-hmm. And so it's so easy for us, especially I would say in kind of reformed conservatism, mm-hmm. because I would argue that the one thing that um, as, as somebody who is highly logical and theological and biblical, like I struggle. And I think a lot of my camp struggle with, with empathy toward others, mm. with feeling when they go through something. And so there is something to be said, some, something um, very valuable to be said for, Hey, do I stop to consider the toxic person I'm dealing with? Why are they, are they always this way? 
Mm-hmm. Like, do they just live that way? Do they like being sad? Do they like making other people miserable? Or are they going through something super heavy that Jesus is calling me to help them navigate and mm. work through right now? Mm. I think those distinctions for the person who's asking this question today, how do I deal with a toxic person in my life? Like, that, why are they that way? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah. And am I capable to, like, me or my community, do we have the ability to manage this toxicity, right? Mm. Because there's certain, to- like, um, there's a, I watch a Med Circle. It's a big psychology um, YouTube channel, and basically one of the things that they touch on a lot. Dr. Ramini, she taught she touches on uh, narcissism a lot. And yep. so with narcissists, like, can I manage this narcissistic relationship? Because what it does is it causes me to feel inferior and mm. unable and all that stuff. And does that glorify God when I feel that way? If I can't manage that, then maybe I do have to like figure out what guardrails I got to put up. And then also what we just talked about earlier, what you said with like, is it family? Like, is this someone I'm going to have to see or am I married to now a narcissistic person, whether woman or man, right? So I think also the relationship matters in how we deal with the situation. And I think from the jump, we need to, we need to identify that if you're a Christian here, mm-hmm. you're a Christian listening, and you want to minister as Jesus minister, mm. you're going to deal with toxic people because sure. when, you, when you when you bring up narcissist, I'm of the opinion biblically. Mm-hmm. I, I love psychology, but mm-hmm. it submits itself to the scripture. For sure, all of us are narcissists yeah, at some point. Some in time. For, we're, yeah. we're all self absorbed to, to some degree. To some degree, we're all self absorbed. Um, we we exercise it in different ways, but not clinically. Yeah, okay, not yeah. clinically. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. But but so that's why psychology can be very valuable yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. Right, and then we see it through the gospel lens of scripture where we're saying we all at some point struggle with this. Yeah, and so if I'm pride. going to minister well, my wife mm-hmm. can be a narcissist at times, just like I can be. And so we, we can't surround ourselves with all people that are not because everyone's jacked up and like yeah. everyone has sent issues. For sure. Everyone can be negative at times. Yeah. And so then how, once we espouse that biblically, how do, how do we, we work deal with through that? dealing with now, that? this is good. I think you, you hit on it. Like, what do we do first? And the first is this realization. Identification, yeah. Toxic people have been around forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Believer, non-believer, like we have to, to realize this truth. We, we can even go to the Old Testament, right? Moses and the Israelites. But mm. Moses dealt with some toxic people in mm. his leadership role, and it was difficult. And, and you you talked about Jesus and dealing with toxic people. And growing up in the church, something that was commonly taught was this ridiculous illustration of, you know, me, I would stand on a chair and there would be people around me. And it's like, all right, Tim, try to try to pull those people up onto your chair with you. And I could never do it, but they would always be able to pull me down. So it was like this idea of this is what happens when you surround yourself with negative people, Mm -hmm. people who can bring you down because they will bring you down every time. You will never be able to bring them up. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up with this thinking of I I cannot be around these people. Mm. If they are negative, if they're toxic in my life, I must stay away from them. And then I find myself studying scripture and I'm reading the teachings of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. who is Jesus surrounding himself with? Mm people are probably trying to pull them off a chair, right? Like, I don't, I don't think the illustration holds up. So I would say where we start is we pray for our own heart. Yeah. Because that's where I had to start. I had to pray for my own heart and knowing that, God, I need you to soften my heart, my heart towards these people who I, as a believer, might not want to have anything to do with. But I yeah. know that as a Jesus follower, I am called to love them, come mm. alongside them, and care for them. So and for then, me, and then God led you in the pastoral ministry. And then, yeah. So for me, I, I, <laughs> well, that's I would all lean Colossians, <laughs> Colossians three twelve through fourteen. I need to pray for my own heart to help understand, as you said, someone else's struggles, and maybe even meet them Jesus style with compassion. So mm. for me, I would start with praying for my own heart. That's good. And, and I, I think that's awesome. I think it's also important that most people tuning into this especially if they're biblicists, they understand that everyone has a level of toxicity and negativity yeah. to them at times. But we're talk- they're talking primarily about that one person 
that is like that for almost everybody, especially for yeah. them. Yeah. And so I do want to make that distinction as well, right. that like while we all struggle with our toxicity and right. we all struggle with our negativity, like there are real the, the other, the flip side of that coin that Alan's talking about of the people who aren't just going through a season, they are difficult to deal with mm-hmm. in the everyday. Mm. How do we deal with them? How do we truly love them? How do we care for them? I also think it's important to point out like, we're also talking more to people that have a toxic person in their life, whether it be family or best friend they grew up with or somebody that they have some sort of responsibility that they Mm -hmm. feel towards. Not somebody you met at Starbucks who seems like the most miserable. You don't have to like go befriend them and help them, (laughs) that toxic person, right? I think that's just asking for some trouble in that situation. Not that we can't evangelize and minister to them, but this is different. This is somebody you feel like- A loyalty to. Yes, like you grew up with them through high school and now we're 30 years old and it's like- You don't just cut them off. Yeah, Yeah. this person's still in my life whether I want them to be or not, or a brother, cousin, mom, dad, whatever. Mm -hmm. So- now that we've kind of qualified it into that relationship that you we would all agree with, don't cut you cut them off initially, right? No, not right, right away. Right. Like, so no. so with that type of a relationship, we would all agree you don't want to cut them off. First, yeah. you want to kind of identify the toxic issues. Then you want to see how you pray for your own heart, set up guardrails, whatever it may be, because I think that's important. Let's talk a little bit more about setting boundaries mm. with toxic people that you are going to keep in your life and try to minister to. How do mm. you set up those boundaries as a Christian? I think it's identifying because it, when you have a toxic relationship with somebody, even if that person's not toxic, but your relationship's toxic, you have blind spots. Mm-hmm. So you need to be a part of a community. You have to have people that you're doing life with that are able to point that out for you. And so I think it's important, like Jesus did surround himself with sinners, but he was a friend to them. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily going to them for his the advice. Right. Time, the only time that you see him going to somebody is like when he meets with the elders when he's like, what, 12 or something like that? Yeah. He was young. So like, I mean, obviously he's God. But my point is, is being a friend, like seeking counsel and mentorship so that people can pour into you and say, hey, I see these issues with that relationship. These are ways that we believe you could. And listening to them. Yes, right? and actually listening. Like when yeah. we see the kings had the prophets and they didn't listen to them. Right. I mean, those are people literally sent to help you. And that's the mm-hmm. same thing we have now with our pastors and elders and community and friends around us and brothers and sisters around us pouring into us. I think mm-hmm. that's important to listen to them. I think yeah. there's also a clear distinction between people who are annoying and toxic and people who are harming you. Yeah. Like if, exactly. you're, if, you're, if you're in a yeah. harmful relationship where you are being abused physically, emotionally, I think that's a different topic than just toxic people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think the toxicity could, there's definitely toxicity there, but there's a, there's a line that's being crossed where yeah. I'm not just putting up with abuse in my life. I right? agree with physical abuse. I don't know if I would say for myself, if somebody was verbally or like emotionally abusing me in my family that I feel like the right decision would be to cut them off. No, I and, and I still, I still personal. am really like, I, yeah, I don't know that's if a I would, personal thing though. Yeah, right, I don't I know agree. if I would cut them yeah. off either. I'm just saying we need to be careful not to say, hey, never cut anybody off, even if they are. And I think that's part of the, the initial self-reflection and right. prayer. And then again, that's mm-hmm. also where you can kind of seek community help. And if everybody agrees, for like sure. you need to cut this exactly. off at this point. Because we yes. all have different thresholds. Exactly. So like some people, it's like some people have such a strong mind. I don't want to say that strong, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they can handle that friend. And that's why I said like you have to see if you're able or your community is able to manage it. Because if you can't and it's literally making you like have body shame. Yeah, you're right. Or stuff like that. You need to, you know, be for the sake, not not only for the sake of yourself, but now it's like if you have a family and it's affecting you, now it's affecting Mm -hmm. your children and your relationship with your wife or your husband, you know? Right. So I didn't write these down, but like the the verses that pop to mind is obviously when Jesus says casting our pearls before swine, Mm. um, you know, you know. 
on the most surface level, that's talking about um, when you're giving the gospel to somebody and they continue to refuse that and scoff at it, that, you know, you don't hate them, you still pray for them, but you have to distance yourself and and go to those that are open to hearing that. Mm. Um, And then, you know, the Proverbs rise up where it talks about not answering a scorner or Mm -hmm. or a fool according to their folly. And I think this is a heavy issue for me, obviously being a pastor. Mm -hmm. It's heavy also because one of the reasons I wanted Alan on the podcast is we we get along great, but I feel like you're very, at least from what I know of you, you seem so compassionate and empathetic and like you you deal with these people you walk through life with them mm-hmm. that's very and and sin is never justified but mm-hmm. the way that god just naturally wired me i think any a type listening would agree a types have a harder time typically dealing with just dealing with that yeah. like i mean it's 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 hard it's heavy um, Peter and I have talked about we're both fixers. Like we're just like, all right, oh, you got an issue? Like let's just clean this yeah, thing yeah, up. Yeah. Like, let's and just it's fix hard it. to understand why you can't just fix it. And right. it's hard. Like let's, especially oh, no, that's when they're me like, too. yeah, especially when they're just like. Yeah. But I think he's just, I just saying you're better at dealing with it than yeah. he is. Like I was at my friend's till yeah. two a.m. two days ago, literally like just not yelling at him, I but just been being like two a.m. Bro, in I was, years. I was yeah, so. I was literally like it's two a.m. and I'm still going. I'm like, bro, like let's make a plan for you. Like let's figure. Like he, I'm not saying he's toxic, but I'm saying like we just all have different. Thresholds yeah. with that, yeah, yeah, and so I think I think that's something also personally, and y'all are free to disagree. Yeah, I think that we need to look at if we're not being compassionate and right. we're not truly caring as she has cared, then there's a problem. Mm. Yes, but if we say like like Pastor Don, most of our listeners know Pastor Don. He and I are opposite in almost every way. Mm-hmm. He he has a soul bent on restoring mm-hmm. and 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 helping the broken, where God has naturally gifted him in that. That doesn't give me an excuse to not help the broken. Mm-hmm. But I also know if somebody comes in and things are going well for them and they're looking kind of take next steps, Donald direct them a lot of times to me, mm-hmm. chat with me or mm-hmm. Deshaun. But if they're coming in kind of like heads on fire, marriage's on fire, they're broken. He's the best. Like I, my mind doesn't go to like. The maybe the best ways to help them. And so if somebody is listening, they're dealing with somebody toxic, you're not a like you don't have to be alone. Like God's given us community, right. the village of Christianity for a reason. Yeah. And there might be people that are doesn't mean you just divorce yourself from the situation, but there might be people that will help you a lot more with dealing with that toxic person mm-hmm. than you are qualified mm-hmm. to help them just by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like no, um, if, if we're talking about somebody needing yeah. help. Um at the end, yeah, I guess if I'm if I'm if put my cards on the table at yeah. the end of the day. If I see spiritual abuse as more significant than physical abuse, mm-hmm. n- not that physical abuse is not significant. Yeah. I think that is incredibly significant. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're in a physically abusive relationship, you need to get counseling, you need to get help, you need to, yeah. need to separate from that. But when we're talking about somebody who be- becomes a toxicity for your soul and your walk with Christ, that's a serious, serious thing. Yeah. And um, I-, I listen to a lot and read a lot after a psychologist from Canada called Jordan Peterson. And and he talks about in his book, 12 Rules, that when, when you become a lifeguard, particularly in the ocean, and somebody's flailing around and they're drowning, you swim toward them and you put your foot out in front of you toward that person and you tell them to calm down. And if they won't calm down mm-hmm. and they try to grab your leg, you push them away with your leg. And that sounds, he says, it sounds so brutal yeah. and so unloving. But at the end, if, if when it's all said and done, as harsh as it sounds, it's better that one person drowns than, two. than that two people drown, mm-hmm. that they take you down. And if they're, if they're intent on, and I'm not saying once again, I'm not saying we divorce this. I think this is where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. If they're intent, when, when you look at this, you pray through it, you discern, you try to care, but they're intent on devastation. There comes a point, and, and that might be different for all of us, where you say, I can't, I, I, I'll, I'll continue to pray. If by God's grace, in this turmoil, they, 
they respond and they say, hey, I need help a month from now or six months from now. I want to be there to help. But if it's just a matter of trying to pull me under the water and, and damage my soul. Can't do this. I mean, I, I got I to gotta come to that point of saying, hey, yeah, I have to back off from this. I think you're, you're in. I like how you said we got to continue to pray because I know I said pray for my own heart, but I yeah. think we have to follow it up with praying for their heart as mm. well. I yeah. think I, I know it just sounds so basic and elementary, but we we forget the power Necessary. of prayer. Like, yeah. are are we actively praying for the toxic people in our life? Mm. If not, why? Mm. We should be like. There's there's no question here. As believers, we should be praying for the hearts, the souls, the minds, whatever it is they're dealing. With. We should yeah. be praying for them. And I I think as you said, your your first step should be to move toward them, not away from them. Yeah, I, I like where you went with that. And I would also back that up with, can we find ways to encourage them? Are there bridges where we can have a conversation with them? Can we meet them for coffee? Can we send them just an encouraging note or a text knowing that it could bring on something? Like, should we initiate with some encouragement, with some initial bridge building steps? Mm -hmm. I have recently dealt with people in my life who have cut me off because they said I was toxic. Mm. This is on the other. So that this is something I think we should talk about yeah, because yeah, yeah. sometimes we might not see this, but what if we are the toxicity to someone else? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I have a family member who's not a believer and really saw me as toxic and completely cut me off. Recently, we, we experienced some reconciliation and we actually spoke face to face. I, I continued with the encouraging text every now and then, and the relationship has been restored. Praise Jesus. Yeah. My wife is dealing with a similar situation. It's between two believers, but mm. she, my wife, has been cut off and has sought reconciliation and restoration and has not received it. Mm -hmm. And it has been very difficult for yeah. her, for heart, and for her soul. I think mm. it's a really good word that there, like so many of us listen to this as if we are not the toxic yeah. person. Right. right. As if we're not, we, we don't see us as we can, the we can never be <laughs> no one sees themselves as toxic. Else, right? right. Anybody anybody that says I'm toxic is probably not that toxic. Like, <laughs> like it's usually someone that's like, I don't have any problems or you know. Well, I have a question though. So yeah. and I think this actually goes into both both sides, whether you're the toxic person or you're dealing with a toxic person. Mm. Wouldn't you say, and it's just a question, do you think that pointing that out? And having that discussion and telling them that you think they are toxic or that this relationship is toxic is a good way for Christians to deal with a toxic relationship. Hmm. It's it's a it's a good way to bring about something because oh, you, you tell something. <laughs> I was yes. say, start you tell somebody they're like, toxic. Either it's gonna go it's gonna go in one of two directions yep. pretty pretty quick. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna dismiss you, and maybe that's it's come to that where yeah. they, they you just need to be straight up honest and say, which I would I would always push toward honesty, caring, sure. yes. sympathetic, 100%. loving, honesty that's what I would in do. this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just what I would do, and I don't yeah. I don't because I I also think that when we get to the question of where should when should we cut somebody off, I think out of the four of us, Harder I would be the farthest away from cutting somebody off. Yeah, like literally, I can't think. Besides, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Physical abuse. You can say spiritually abuse. You can try to spiritually sure. abuse me if you want. I feel like I've got solid community and backing that I can go to and also understanding that one person's not going to spiritually abuse me. Yeah. That's just my feeling. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, like maybe Aaron would be in a position to spiritually abuse me, mm. you know, like maybe, but but most people would not. So to me, unless you're physically abusive to me, which nobody is, yeah, but, yeah. but that's harder to cut off and continue communicate. I mean, that's harder yep. to not cut off and continue communication. That's why I said yeah. spiritual, I mean, uh, physical abuse, but I would, I can't think of now my if definition of family, yeah, my be, definition of connection and yours might be yeah. different. Like I'm not going to go see you every day, yeah, but I right. will keep constant communication. Never, ever would I say, like somebody says to you, I'm cutting you off. 
I can't imagine myself. I've had family members that I've spoken to less or not let affect me. They try to guilt me into doing stuff all the time. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, I learned to be like, hey, I can't make it. Love you. Congrats. But I can't make it to your 75th award That's ceremony this week when, yeah. you know, you don't care about anything about anybody else in the family. Mm. You know, but but to, from my perspective, I'm like, hey, I can't make it. So love you. Congratulations. Mm. I would never almost never cut somebody off. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to ever say never, For but sure. that's so, so from my perspective, I feel like calling out the toxicity is, is easier for me because I know I'm not going to cut them off. Mm-hmm. If they want to stop talking to me. I'll still try to keep that communication. And if they think I'm toxic, I would want them to tell me they thought 100%. I was hundred percent so think, that I could try to change and fix it or explain yes. it. Yeah. Um, so I think you have a, a very Colossians three mindset of give them grace as God has extended his grace to us. Mm-hmm. I, I think you are right in your thinking there. And I, mm. I, I would, I'm, I would I'm agree. I'm sure not everybody thinks I do it the right way with how I, how I talk. But I, I, I would try to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree that we should no extend grace as God has extended us grace. But I think the For question sure. still then becomes what's the line? Well, At what point have we sought reconciliation or we've called out the toxicity? They have said, no, thanks. Mm-hmm. Do we still seek peace? Of course. But do we do so in separate paths? Mm-hmm. In separate, is, there, is, there a, is there a Paul and Barnabas type of situation? And, and let's say like, so, because I think this is important for people. Because some people might be listening to Peter and be like, I identify with that. I don't really have any, I haven't allowed or I just sure. don't have toxic people in my life. But then there's others who are going, you know, like, because I'm in Peter's home group. We love our home group. It's great. And there's nobody in our home group that's like, toxic or negative or, you know, but there are home group leaders out there who are trying to lead their home group faithfully. And they have some heavy, heavy, mm. negative, toxic people that we, we have, like, let's just say hypothetically that, that Brooklyn, Peter's oldest, who's eight, I think, like yeah, grow, grows up, comes 15, 16 and becomes that person now mm. where, where you're like, oh my gosh, she won't listen to anything. She won't like, by God's grace, that won't happen, but it could. So then all of a sudden, you know, now you're forced to deal with something where you can't just be like, well, I'm just not going to deal with her. I'm not mm-hmm. going to talk to her. Like, like now I'm having to deal with this. And I think that's probably where most people tuning in for this episode either have been or are right now. Because I look at my own life as a, as kind of once again, this A-type wired uh, a certain way. And th- there's something to be said. There are types of people that attract more mm-hmm. heavy laden, for lack of a better word, people dealing with stuff, people people wrestling with their own. And and we've had a lot of talk, and I think deservedly so, on mental health in the church over the right. last couple of years. Like there are people out there who are toxic because they are dealing with something psychologically that's very real and there needs to be medication for or counseling for or what, whatever it is. And so like for me, there are relationships to go back to what Alan said earlier, where I look at it and I'm like, they go through seasons that are, you know, a little more toxic. And then there are other times there are just people that are in my life, mm-hmm. whether uh, relatives or church members or people that I've had a relationship with for 20 years. And I'm going, it's, it is a, it's a drain and it's a drag on my soul. Right. And when I talk about like abusing the soul, I'm not talking about somebody like, like necessarily uh, cursing us and, and, and call name you calling. Mean like making you feel bad, guilting you, I'm telling not, you you're well, I'm talking about whatever. where they, they so deplete us. Mm-hmm. They, like they drain so you. drain you that there's there's nothing left. And mm. every time that you continue to engage, which sometimes can be day after day, hour after hour, mm-hmm. you feel like you have nothing left between you and the Lord. You have yeah. nothing left to give your wife or your children so, anymore. Aaron, what are some so of the tough. boundaries you as pastor and, and you as follower of Christ, what are some boundaries you put up for these toxic people in your life. I know for me, and maybe people are drawn to us as pastors that they just sure. want to open, share, talk. And suddenly like, I will, I will routinely tell my wife, I'm meeting with someone that I don't know very well. I don't know how this is going to go. I need you to call me in 30 minutes to end this time because I, I don't know where it's going to go. If it's going to get unhealthy, if they're, yeah, in a, yeah, if yeah. they're in a dangerous spot, physically, yeah. emotionally, spiritually, where it could 
potentially because we we don't office at the church mm-hmm. and we home office. So when I have meetings at the church, I'm typically by myself. So mm-hmm. I, I have safety measures in place for if it goes over a certain time, I need you to call me. If I don't answer, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's that might be an extreme case. But what what are some some guardrails or boundaries you might put in your own life to protect you, your wife, your family, mm-hmm. your friendships? I mean, I know that with like when you go to scripture, you have like in First Corinthians five, right, where Paul talks about. I believe that's the one where Paul talks about like if they're calling themselves a believer, but then they live sexually immoral, like he does have a threshold where he says, you got to not even eat with them. So there are certain things in scripture where there's calls to like cutting people off in a certain way for the good of their soul and and for the good of the church, right? But then I say, I think for personally, like- you have In that situation though, just to jump in, there's no way you can do that without telling them. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I no, agree. That, that's a situation that's where saying. you have yeah, to tell them or they're going to be like- That's why I'm in agreement with you on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think how I, I would say like, hey, I don't feel like this pattern's healthy, blah, blah, Like everyone would like will say it differently, but right. regardless, you have to have that talk. And then once you have that conversation, now you're getting to see like, okay, where are we at with this person? Um, and are they going to respect the boundaries? Right. You know, you have to gauge, are, are they willing to respect that boundary? Because if they're not, then we might have to have a conversation on like, this can't this relationship isn't isn't good for for my family you know i think when you're a family person like when you have a family that you're guiding and leading it's much different than if you're just a single dude living on your own and it just affects you it's also important for people listening to know that there are priorities that have to come so I've said it many times. I'm, I'm, not, I'm never going to compromise. I know Tim's the same way. Like, I'm never going to compromise my family to continue to deal with toxicity that's draining time, energy, right. effort from my family. Sure. Like, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. Like, like, brokenness, yes, we'll deal with. Um, You're saying not legitimate reasons for their toxic. Like, there isn't, they're not going through a death in the fan. Like, it's not something like, man, I'm going through this. I need your help. It's like... I'm just attacking you because that's what it is. And we have we've had guys in the church before. I remember a guy was like in my very first meet and greet or whatever that yeah. thing was called, where he just wanted to like debate everything and try to prove you yeah, wrong that's theologically. What I, yeah. and whatever, that's not that's necessary. A waste of time. You don't right. have to do that's with that. That's not a waste of time. Yeah. I, that is a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. So when I talk about not having capacity, one of the things I think that the the listener and all of us, we hopefully we've all grown in, the listener needs to grow in potentially is is what we've been talking about, discerning, okay, at what point does my bandwidth run out mm-hmm. of for for dealing with this situation, for dealing with this person, at what point is my giftings kind of exceeded, and somebody else like I think I think certified biblical counseling is like a gift to us mm-hmm. because those people right. have a not only the training but they have the soul and mental bandwidth to deal with things that that I'm just I, if I'm frank I with. don't have the right. the soul and mental bandwidth to deal with like I just I don't not an excuse I'm not saying I don't want to cut them off and not deal with it but it's and so for me when I look at these situations to get back to what we were talking about earlier when I look at these situations um Alan made a good point where there's typically one of three things that's going on either number one they're in sin and that needs to be called out number two they're they're current condition and negativity and what they're going through is a result of sin. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're not in it, but it's, it's a result of that's a consequence or just bad choices, mm-hmm. which then if they're open, you can counsel them. Or number three, that that where, that negativity could be wiring, um, sin is, nature issues affected, they have with Jesus, yeah. um, issues psychologically they have with upbringing and history. Um, and so I think, I think discernment, like as we're looking at this and we're trying mm-hmm. to address it, I think discernment in this are, are they just sinning right now? Are they just throwing a tantrum? And they, and they, you know, I think how you're going to deal with all those are very different. Or 
are are they not, are they dealing with now the after effects of mm-hmm. bad decisions I've made mm-hmm. and and I just can't believe I made I went down that road and I'm so upset about that and I'm angry about that and I'm lashing out because of that or just foolish decisions or is it once again a, a, a issue of the mind psychological which doesn't mean it can't be played in with issues of the heart mm-hmm. uh, you know our mind affects where our soul grows but I think how I at least for me when I look at different people in my life that are heavy and and difficult. I try to determine how I'm going to address them based upon what is bringing about that angst in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you think there's a difference between people that are intentionally toxic and negligently toxic? Yes. Because yeah, I yeah. do too, which is again why you have that conversation. Now right. nobody's negligently yeah. toxic anymore. You yeah. know, now they're intentionally toxic. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that because especially from your perspective, like somebody may just be coming to you to fix all their problems as pastors. And you have to be like, listen, this is a toxic situation. I can't fix all your problems. Like a lot of this has to deal with, you know, self-work, biblical counseling, Bible, pray, you know, and making better decisions is most of the time one of the biggest problems. Like you're saying, a lot of people end up in their position because of a bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Mm -hmm. So let's get to something that I think a lot of people want to hear and we're kind of getting close to the end. So Mm -hmm. where does it get to the point where you cut someone off? Like where, where, where do you get to that point? I get, I realize it's different with every relationship, but what are some things you consider Alan before you cut off a relationship? Man, I, for me, it's definitely like there's, there's certain levels of disrespect and like, I personally, like I don't, I struggle a lot. So I have my own mental stuff that I struggle with. And so there's certain people in my life that I've cut off because I can't handle that relationship. I just can't. And so I'll let them know, like, I had somebody that literally called me 20 times and texted me like a hundred times, like, hey, can, and I was just like, yo, I can't do this anymore. I gotta cut you off. Like, this is nothing against you. I don't hate you. I forgive you, but I just can't do this because I'm literally gonna go crazy myself and it's affecting how I treat my fiance. It's affecting me personally. So I think for me, obviously, it's it's like there's a there's a level of like disrespect of um just attacking me or family or my character all over the place. And then if I confront you about it, you apologize and then do it again. Like there's a certain point of, um, I've talked to you about it. We've tried to fix these things and you don't want to. And then you're being manipulative, like, and I can't handle it right now. And and that's me with a high threshold, you know? Yeah, so right. for me, for me to get to that point, it takes years, like probably five years of that. But um, there's that. And then there's like the first Corinthians five thing. Like, hey, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to walk through life with you. This is where we're getting to this point of like, this isn't going to go anywhere. And and I see that in you. Or I don't, or like you're abusing your wife or something. You know, stuff like that. That's right. where like, I can't mess with that. And I can't affirm what you're doing. And I'm not going to enable your toxicity. And so that from that point on, I have to either remove myself from the situation or bring more people into it. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I think for me, the pastor's hardened me. This is this is so so tough. I I want to love, care, help, pray, come alongside mm-hmm. every person that I possibly can. Um, there are easier ways for me to quote unquote cut people off. Uh, a very simple, practical thing that I will do from time to time is hit that unfollow button on social media. Mm. When I when I know that Insta story is going to come and I'm going to judge you, and I'm immediately going to think, what is like, and I'll just get so many weird emotional thoughts that are not healthy for my own like, soul. Why? I'm like, no, like, and maybe that's, again, that could be the pastor's heart in me of just so deeply broken over your ridiculous choices that I, maybe I just don't want to see that right mm. now, that I can hit that unfollow button. But when it comes to cutting someone off face to face, that would, that would be a level of disrespect that you have towards me. Mm-hmm. If you did not respect my request 
to not contact me during this time. Or there, there was something going on where I'm, I'm with my like your boundaries. There's a clear boundary. And, and as you said, I've laid on the table. This is the boundary. And you have crossed that line and probably on more than one occasion. And there's going to be a conversation where I'm going to say, um, this is not healthy. Praise God for biblical counselors. Here's who you need to see. Mm-hmm. And I think as pastors, we need to know. That was my favorite part of pastoral counseling in seminary. Like as much as, as thick as the book was, the, the most basic thing I took away was you have a clear start and end date when you do pastoral counseling and you know within when that time done. frame, three or four weeks, yeah. if they need to see a professional biblical counselor mm. or if you can continue in this mentorship type relationship. Yeah. We'll finish with yours, Aaron. Let me give mine real quick. Yeah, go for real it. Real quick. So I just I just took a couple notes because I'm trying to think of the situation where, where, which I'm sure exists, even though I said it'd be far off. So what I would say is if you set boundaries and they don't, and you continuously tell them, I think that's a good example, kind of how I thought about it is if they tell you and give you an ultimatum, it's all or nothing. Either you have to answer my 24 yeah, yeah, or yeah, I'm yeah, never yeah. calling you again. Mm-hmm. That's just their decision to cut mm-hmm. you off. But still, I wouldn't consider me cutting them off because I'd still text them, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. People stop trying. Like it's obvious. They don't care. They keep telling you they have problems, but they don't try to. I think that's the first Corinthians five, right? Mm-hmm. Not a guy that's sleeping with his girlfriend that knows it's wrong and is trying not to and is talking exactly, to you about it. But a guy that's like, there's no, I'm a Christian. There's nothing wrong with this. She's going to move in. Live with yeah. then, then I think that's a harder situation. And then the last one is if you can use the cutoff to bring about change, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you sure. feel like yeah. it's becoming enabling and he thinks because you continue this, it's good. So you have to cut that off and hope for a change, but you're still then- You still care. Yes, and you're like, still there and you're still following the situation and waiting for the opportunity, hopefully to, to reconcile and, mm-hmm. and bring about that change. So those are the only mm-hmm. kind of reasons I can see cut off. To them, you cut them off, but you didn't actually. Exactly, yes. exactly. I, I already feel like all you guys have made me sound really bad on this episode. So I'm gonna try to be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think scripture speaks to this in Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. When we confront somebody mm. who is in sin, and let's be real, in the church, we are really, really good at justifying our sin. Yeah. So I'm not bitter. I'm just being like yeah. oh, rational. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. or the smarter I, you are, I'm the not, better I'm not you angry. Are. I'm yeah, just yeah. intense. Or, you know, I'm not prideful. I'm just, you know, um, I'm not self absorbed. Like, look at me. I'm self effacing. Like, mm-hmm. okay, different form of self absorption. Like, yeah. there's, so like, we're really good. And, and that goes for me too. All of us are really good at justifying our sin. But when there is a pattern of sin that has been identified, that has been called out, and the person persists in sin, they persist down that trail. I think that I'm not saying that we should necessarily right away, but I think we have a liberty now to separate ourselves from that situation when Mm -hmm. when there is sin that's there. Um, Now, once again, Tim and I have already talked about, we still pray for them. Mm-hmm. We still love them. We're still yeah. there if they need to reach out and they're wanting to change, like for sure. Yeah. But if there's unrepentance and I'm going to live in this way, that is a that is a contamination not only to them, sadly, but to everyone around them. And you see this with, um, you see it even in the world around us when, when we talk about addiction and, and somebody's going to stand in and, and seek to, and typically they'll take a crowd, which I think is a good biblical principle. You not not a, a condescending crowd, but you take two or three people who know this person well. So it's not just your word versus theirs. You're saying, hey, look, this is a persistent, that's Matthew 18. Mm. This is a persisting sin. I've talked to you about it. Now I've got a couple of other of your good friends. We're going to talk to you about it together. And there comes a point where you just say, like the, the righteousness that God calls us to is more important than, than continuing to walk down this path where to walk down this path, I'm affirming this mm. sin in some way. Mm. So th- there's something you said there. For me, and I'm a proud person. Like I've admitted it. Like it's not right. Um, 
I don't like disrespect, but for me, because of the unique situation I find myself in, I'm able to kind of brush off my close friends. These people that I have to, that I deal with that are harsh, they don't typically disrespect me. Like they're not going to call me names. They're not going to, but I feel like there is a disrespect for at times, and we all have to deal with this for my family, right. even though they might not call them names. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're, continually trying to rob time. They don't understand when I say, no, I've carved out this time to be with my wife and my kids. And mm-hmm. they're saying, no, like I'm, I got to pull you from mm-hmm. that. Right. I think there, there has to be discernment used to say, no, no, like I'm like, sorry, no. And I know there's a lot of guilt that can wait. What, what if, what happens if, if this spirals out of control, because I wasn't there for that. Exactly. And we have to trust the Lord's providence in that. And, and I'm not saying that we always say no, but there are times where we, we have to prioritize um, when I know when I'm toxic and negative, that I'm not thinking of me about myself. So I'm not thinking of Tim's family and kids. Yeah. I'm thinking of, oh, Tim better be here for me right now. Like yeah. he needs to be here for me. That's good. And so I, I think there's there's something to be said where we have to use, hopefully, not selfishness, but we have to be driven by this godly prudence of saying, I have to prioritize my wife and kids. Like I cannot try to save this person or this group at the expense of like my children sure. and, or mm-hmm. even, even my church. Like I have a, mm-hmm. we have high calling as pastors to, effectively minister the word of God, unpack the word of God. It's the highest of callings to the people we minister to every week. Mm. And there's decisions, whether people realize it or not, there's decisions all of us make when we choose to deal with toxicity, with the with the drowning person, for lack of a better word, which we should deal with. Yeah. But when we choose that, we are choosing purposely not to do something else that we could be doing. Mm-hmm. And so when that toxicity, I have to discern in my mind, is this going to take me away from what God is leading me in? Um, to me, what you're explaining is setting boundaries, not yes. cutting someone off. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't, but what I'm, so what I'm saying though is, is this person affecting my kingdom impact? I don't, okay, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't know if there's ever a point where I would cut somebody off just And that's what I'm saying. I right. think that's and, and what we're like, getting like, at. We're yeah, 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 yeah. We're right. And that's kind of what we're getting at, yeah, I think. Right. And that's the important distinction at the end is, I don't know if it's ever right for a Christian to totally cut somebody off and Agreed. never speak to them. I think it's fine to set boundaries to yeah. where it's exactly what you're saying. I cannot take time away for from sure. my family. Right. I cannot do this. I cannot do that, especially if there's a biblical reason. Like yeah. and you're trying to affect their sanctification. Yeah. You know, like that's what you're trying to do in the first Corinthians five yeah, situation. Yeah. I think that's what you're explaining, Aaron, is the boundaries, which I think we would all agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to highlight that. That's more of a yeah. boundary thing than a cutting off because I know you and somebody else is going to cut you off before you're going to cut them off. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say. Because you're going to speak your mind and speak your truth and what you believe to be right and true. And you're one thing I always say about Aaron that I love. And the same thing I say here before I would cut somebody off is (laughs) he's always trying, you know, like he's trying to do the right thing as the pastor of our church. He's trying. The same thing we talk about Bethel and Hillsong and that stuff that we talked about, like, it, they both said, we're wrestling with this. We're trying to do the right thing. And that I think is the most important thing. Ever. I'll never yeah, cut somebody off that's trying. Because yeah. I know I'm missing all the time. I'm yeah, swinging yeah, yeah. and missing on things all the time. But I'm always trying. And I always try to be that type of person that's yeah. trying to do the right thing. And I think that's the most important thing here mm. is try not to cut somebody off because it's probably not the right thing. Yeah. Setting boundaries is absolutely biblical. Absolutely okay. You should not feel guilt about that. Mm. And I think that's what it comes down to. Sometimes we feel guilt about setting these boundaries that make people feel like they're cut off because mm-hmm. they want you right now for them as their pastor to fix their problem. And mm. you're not compassionate because you're not here when I need you as somebody in your flock. Look, the, sure. is- the issues of someone else, their sin issues, their their toxicity issues, 
if they have if anybody listening who has been cut, who has cut themselves off from that person and there's no chance, like let's just be real because I know most of us Christians be like, oh yeah. yeah, there's always chance. If there's no chance of reconciliation, that's sin on the person's part that cut off that person. Mm-hmm. I right. think, I think like restoration, reconciliation is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Are there people right now at odds with me in my life um, recently or in the, in the past that might be at odds? Like, yes, there are. But is my heart open to reconciliation in that? To dealing with that, to walking through that, because my own toxicity and their toxicity, yes, like 100% it is. And I feel like that's that's maturation, like where we grow up, yep. like God takes us through the fire, he takes us through suffering, and we come out on the other side. I just, I'm, I met with a dude yesterday who like is going through suffering, and he's just like, he's going through a rough time, a really heavy time right now. And he was saying, and I saw it in him, that that there's a brokenness and there's a humility that comes into that equation mm-hmm. that wasn't there when you were like just young and imprudent and maybe trying to serve Jesus passionately. But so I, I would say that I would argue there should never be a point where we so cut somebody off that there's no hope of reconciliation, yeah. restoration at all. That's, that's wrong. But there does, there are boundaries that we put right, in place. So sure. when someone crosses that, I don't think it's wrong to say, I'm not going to feed into this anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to affirm or enable this behavior. And I think tell like, them that and explain that to them. But like, I think I it also helps. like, we're talking from a male perspective, right? And from my head, I'm also thinking like, all right, from a female perspective, like it's different. I agree. Right? So like a female has been abused and even mentally or physically yeah. abused, but like physically, obviously, but like mentally abused to where I can't even be around that person or at the same church. Like that's understandable. Like if you can't, you know, figure that out. Some females. So, so, so some. Some so females. It's understandable, yeah, yeah. male or female, because yeah. there's, there's been sexual abuse yeah, yeah, yeah. happening to male as well. For sure. Like, where that's Agreed. Sure. That's a heavy, heavy thing. Yeah. When I talk about reconciliation, restoration, I'm not talking about un- becoming best, trust best buddies becoming again. best friends. That's what I was going to say. To be, to be yeah. realistic, the relationship may not be the same. Yes. Exactly. That sure. doesn't yes. mean that... I forgive you, right. but relationship is... Yeah, you can't put like, yourself... It would be unwise to put yes. yourself back all the way, maybe all the way in. Right, exactly. To be realistic, the relationship may change but again, your ministry to them Definitely. may not. Yeah, so, so. that's a good point, Alan. I mean, just because there are things that are so tragic and so heavy that happen. Yeah. That in this life, there's no coming back to the point of no. beauty that existed before. Mm-hmm. Like that would be naive. Somebody, somebody yeah. harms Tim's child or right. my child. It would be naive and foolish for yeah. me to say, I forgive you. You can hang out with yeah. my child again. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's, that's crazy. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're yeah. not talking about a girl putting herself back in into an position. abusive relationship because she forgave. We're talking about we forgive the abuse, but whether the trust is going to be restored, yeah. whether that's a whole different issue. Exactly. But we should be open to forgiveness. Christ has forgiven us yes. again and again and again. Yeah. You know, right. like he's forgiven worse. us for far for worse. Far right. worse. Yes. We should be open to that to yeah. reconcile. That's why I said that was just because I know personally, I know some people that they take the reconciliation forgiveness and they literally, because they became Christians, put themselves in that bad yeah. position over Unwise. and over again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Alan, thanks for being on, man. Oh, for fun. sure. Thank awesome, you guys. Man. Your, your vibe is so chill, man. It really I tried to say relax. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and good, good luck with the, with the wedding. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. Tim, thanks for being on, man. Season Let's do it two. again. I love it. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.